Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. The COVID-19 vaccination verification ID could quite possibly be linked directly to a person's banking system and the ability to even obtain the basics of life. Is it possible that we could see a time where if you do not have a vaccination verification that you can't buy or sell? Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on April 5th, 2021. In 2012, the pandemic that the world had been anticipating for years finally hit. Stop right there. We weren't anticipating it until you started producing movies out of Hollywood programming us to anticipate it. Quote, Even the most pandemic-prepared nations were quickly overwhelmed when the virus streaked around the world. The pandemic also had a deadly effect on economies. International mobility of both people and goods screeched to a halt, debilitating industries like tourism and breaking global supply chains. Even locally, normally bustling shops and office buildings sat empty for months, devoid of both employees and customers. The pandemic blanketed the planet. 2010, the United States' initial policy of strongly discouraging citizens from flying proved deadly in its leniency, accelerating the spread of the virus, not just within the U.S., but across borders. However, a few countries did fare better, China in particular. During the pandemic, national leaders around the world flexed their authority and imposed airtight rules and restrictions, from the mandatory wearing of face masks 2010, to body temperature checks at the entries to communal spaces like train stations and supermarkets. Wow, how did they know? Because they did it. Even after the pandemic faded, listen to this, this more authoritarian control and oversight of citizens and their activities stuck and even intensified. In order to protect themselves from the spread of increasingly global problems, from pandemics and transnational terrorism, to environmental crisis and rising poverty, leaders around the world took a firmer grip on power. At first, 
the notion of a more controlled world gained wide acceptance and approval. Citizens willingly gave up some of their sovereignty and their privacy to more paternalistic states in exchange for greater safety and stability. Citizens were more tolerant and even eager for top-down direction and oversight, and national leaders had more latitude to impose order in the ways they saw fit. In developed countries, this heightened oversight took many forms. Biometric IDs for all citizens, for example, and tighter regulation of key industries whose stability was deemed vital to national interests. In many developed countries, enforced, keyword, enforced cooperation with a suite of new regulations and agreements slowly but steadily restored both order and, importantly, economic growth. It's all about the economy, stupid, right? Dare I say that what I just read reads verbatim with everything that's happening today, and not only that, it's even foretelling what happens next. What do you mean? Well, did you catch it? Enforced cooperation with regulations, all under the banner of restoring the economy that we crashed in the first place. Restoring, resetting. Would that be a better word? I think so. Well, this brings me full circle to the aforementioned idiom of coming to a head, such that everything is now coming to said prophetic head. And that's why it is, by the way, that I don't have permission to stand up here, as is my privilege to do every Sunday, and just talk fluff, and tell you what you want to hear, what your ears are itching to hear. I want to hear it too. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to get back to normal. The vaccine's here. Hey, That was bad, wasn't it? I was just thinking about this today, this morning, when I got up early. Solomon writes in Ecclesiastes that with much knowledge comes much sorrow. We have a a secular saying for it. It goes like this. I know you've heard it. Ignorance is bliss. I mean, the more you know, the more grief and sorrow you have, because you know what this is, and you know what's coming. And so what are you going to do? Are you going to stay quiet? Okay. Maybe you're going to fight back. Okay. How about this? (laughs) How about sound the alarm that Jesus is coming? 
because the Bible says so, that this is how it's going to end in the end. And you don't have to be a rocket scientist (laughs) to realize that when you see all of this and you connect the dots with prophecy in the Bible, I mean, can I say it like this? I don't mean to be snarky. (laughs) Being snarky comes easy for me. But how can you not see it? How do you not see that? Let's just step back. We're almost done. Just bear with me. Let's just step back for just a moment from the proverbial tree to see the bigger prophetic forest. Can we do that just real quick? Okay. So I've just shared with you some very technical uh, information about the technology and how it's already in place to track and surveil and control every human being on the planet. Right? And so much so that the technology will determine by way of this social credit score whether or not you can buy food today. Because see, if you're in China right now, and by the way, we have people in China, you jaywalk, jaywalk, your score, boom. You call somebody with a low score, your, your score, boom. Now you go out to buy groceries, and you have to use this system to buy. And they look at your score and they say, well, you don't qualify because your score is too low. Because you've been penalized. What did I do? Oh, it's what you didn't do. You didn't post on social media pro-government posts. You know, oh, they have, I encourage you, again, if I can do this, you can do this. Believe me when I say that to you. I would encourage you to go online and search Chinese social credit score. It'll show you this graphic. Things you can do to increase your score and things you don't want to do to reduce your score because you live and die by that score. They will turn off your life, as Naomi Wolf says, just And how do they know? Oh, because you're connected to the system. They have their operating system in you, on you, and they track you, and they know you more than you. (laughs) They know everything you do, everywhere you go, whoever you talk to. They're listening, by the way. And boy, you just do something wrong, and you're done. And that's already here, and coming to Hawaii. And then you go to the Word of God, and you read that during the seven-year tribulation, there's going to be a system in place that will control every human being enforcing this system by some technology implantable, presumable, implantable in the forehead or the forehand. And then instead of your phone, makes you want to throw your phone away, doesn't it? You just, they're already conditioning us. A while back I went into the bank, 
thank God for my son. He said, use the app, because all you have to do to deposit a check is take a picture of the front and back, and then you don't even have to go into the bank. I was like, oh, thank you. I wish I could get spicy ahi poke that way, but you can't yet. (laughs) But the last time I went into the bank, I mean, you walk up, here's this guy, uniform, sir, what? Over here, what? What do they do? Stand in front of this thing. I'm like, it's the mark of the beast. It scanned my forehead. (laughs) In order to do a financial transaction at the bank, I had to be scanned. Oh, I guess it was to take my temperature. Come on. Come on. Now, I didn't mean to get that demonstrative. You get the point? What we're told in the Bible will happen, it's happening. So what does that mean? It means Jesus is coming, and the rapture is going to happen sooner than any of us could possibly imagine or expect. This is why, again, we, by the way, just so you know, this is the first Resurrection Sunday that I've ever done a prophecy update in well nigh 15 years now. The first, the same thing with Christmas, Christmas and Resurrection Sunday. I would not do a prophecy update and just have a a sermon. And today was the first time, and I think you know why now because of what's happening now. It's coming to a head now. And this is why we do these updates, and this is why we end with the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and the simple ABCs of salvation. On this day, (laughs) Resurrection Sunday, of all days, what is the good news? The good news is He is risen. He's risen. He was crucified, buried, and He rose again on the third day, and He's coming back again soon and very soon, one day. That's the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. What are the ABCs of salvation? A simple childlike explanation of salvation. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you're a sinner and that you need the Savior. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now Romans 6.23 is interesting because it starts off with the bad news first, and then has the good news. You ready for the bad news? The bad news is the wages of sin is death. We've all been sentenced to death. We were all born sinners, which is why we must be born again, Jesus said. That's the bad news. We've all sinned, and the penalty is death. But here's the good news. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Here's how it works. 
Bear with me. So we've been sentenced to death. Bad news. You kind of ruined my day. You ruined my week, my month, my life, basically, (laughs) if you sentenced me to death. But here comes Jesus. He says, I'll go to your death in your stead. So picture the, the scene in this courtroom of eternity with the judge of the universe. And you're entering your plea guilty. And now the judge says, well, now we're going to enter the sentencing phase. And he sentences you to death. It's the death penalty. And then into that courtroom of eternity walks a man, no ordinary man. This is the God-man, Jesus the Christ. And he says to the judge of the universe, hold everything. Stop right there. I will go to their death in their stead. And the judge turns to you and says to you, did you hear that? (laughs) Good news. Your debt has been paid. You're free to go. That's what the word gospel means. That's the good news. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Romans 10, 9 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And the C lastly is, for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, verse 10 says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And then lastly, and I want to direct this to anybody watching online, if you've never called upon the name of the Lord, today is the day. What a great day (laughs) to be the day of your salvation. Romans 10.13 says that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I implore you, if you've never called upon the name of the Lord, believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth, acknowledging your sin before Him, and your need for Him, I implore you today. Make the most important decision of your life for eternal life. Well, for several months now, we've been sharing these testimonies from all over the world. And if you don't mind, I want to share two today with you. This first one writes, Hello, Pastor Frog and team. My wife and I look forward to all your sermons each week here in upstate South Carolina and are glad we found you some time ago. My wife and I wanted to put up an ABC billboard. Once I contacted the sign company, my heart sank when they informed me that it was about $4,000 for one sign for a year. We only had a small amount to donate. The lady at Dixie Signs asked me what business I was trying to promote, and I said I simply wanted to bring more people to Jesus. She said, Her family owns the business, and they're Christians. 
they would enjoy helping us promote Jesus to others. Yeah, but yeah, praise the Lord. And to please email her a design. I asked how exactly she would help, and she stated, if we covered the cost of making the vinyl banner, as well as installation, they'd waive all rental fees. She even stated they'd move them around to reach more people over time, as they always have billboards not being used. We were then able to afford two billboards. They now are being uh, up, they've now been up for a couple of months on very busy roads. We give all the glory to Jesus Christ for this happening, for without Him, yes, it simply wouldn't have. We thank Jesus, you, and your congregation so much. The second one, you're not going to believe this. It comes from Deborah Hewlett, who writes, Pastor J.D., we love you and pray for you. Thank you, by the way. We have been watching you for many years. The time we have all been talking about is here. Our son is a doctor in the army, stationed with his family in South Korea. He was out on a bike ride today and met a Korean man who shouted out to him in broken English, vaccine bad. (laughs) It gets better, wait. (laughs) Jesus is coming soon, rapture. They stopped to have a Powerade together and talk more, and the man was showing our son your videos on his phone. (laughs) South Korea. (laughs) I tell you, I just marvel. We we, we were talking about this. One, One last thing. I haven't used one last thing yet, right? We're almost done. We were talking about this on Thursday night. The greatest thing I ever did, actually the only thing I ever did, was to stay out of God's way and let Him do what He wants to do. And not try to help Him out. Like God needs our help. It's like God saying, just stand on my, just stand back. Just stand still, which is hard for some of us, right? You know who you are. And behold the salvation of the Lord. Watch me now what I'm going to do. And let me do it. I know it's adorable when our kids want to help us out, but isn't it true that when they do, it takes us five hours to do what we could have done in about 20 minutes? Oh, it's so adorable. I have Baba. Can I help? Can I help? Oh, please. Okay, fine. And then you realize you just sentenced yourself to a much longer time period in order to accomplish what you could have accomplished had they not helped out. I think how much more so are we like that with the Lord. The Lord wants to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything we could have ever thought or imagined if we just would but let Him and stay out of His way so that at the end of the day He alone is the one that gets all the glory. The Bible, though written long ago, is inspired by our Creator. God chose to speak His truth through ordinary men, but these men had their eyes fixed on their Heavenly Father. Their words hold a great deal of meaning for us in our world today, and maybe more so in the times we're in. 
Much of the activity of this world is mirrored in the pages of the Bible and is pointing to a new era that we need to be aware of. In Pastor J.D.'s weekly Mideast Prophecy Updates, he's been searching the scriptures and the news headlines and sharing with us what he's found. You can access these updates by heading to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking on the YouTube link. Jesus will be returning to the earth soon to judge the evil that has been destroying it. And that return, friends, is drawing closer with each new day. Pastor J.D. tells us through these updates each week where we are in relation to Bible prophecy and how close our Savior's return just might be. No one knows the day or the hour this incredible event will take place, but we know from the Bible that we've been told what to expect in the moments leading up to this event. If we adopt a sense of anticipation in our daily walk with Jesus, we'll also gain with it an urgency to share the gospel message with the world around us. We're called to unashamedly boast about our Savior and plant the seed of hope which Jesus promises to water. Share Jesus with someone today and join us for another edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update right here on In Spirit and Truth.